Hello and welcome back to the Dakota Student Podcast. I'm your host, Mason, and today I'm joined by Ben. How's it going, buddy? Doing good, Mason. How about yourself? I'm doing all right. Tolerable. Um, first up on the agenda, we have our weekly COVID update. And I got to tell you, folks, it's not looking good in North Dakota again. And still, we hit 100% ICU bed capacity. That's uh, a little worrisome for UND students. I know once we hit that 100% capacity mark, you know, it's uh, it's a whole new deal because you can't really just get sick freely anymore for all these students out partying. What are your thoughts on it, Ben? Yeah, it's uh, looking like it's the beginning of the end of, uh, of the possibility of actually being able to be on person because... 100% ICU bed capacity in hospitals being at the at the place right now where currently if you're a nurse and you're covid positive but you don't but you're asymptomatic uh, you have to be at work rather than away from work so it's uh, we're getting into a time where it's not a great thing to be a North Dakotan right now not at all uh, so with Thanksgiving coming up do you think a lot of students are just going to stay home after this? I, I've been home, you know, I planned for a week. I've been home for two weeks now. And I'm honestly just thinking about staying home the rest of the semester. So I feel like some students might just do that. I don't know if the university will change. You have thoughts? Uh, I, I think what's going to happen is if the student does go home, they're just going to stay home because there's to be. Be, to perfectly be honest, there really isn't much reason to come back anyway, because isn't finals week on virtual anyway? Uh, I think I had one in person, so I'll have to double check with that. Okay, I was actually but, planning on emailing them. But if if finals week is virtual, there's only really two weeks left of classes left, and I would think, and teachers have been very flexible this semester, that I would think that it wouldn't be that big of an issue. Yeah. The way I see it, if if you're someone from like the tw- the Twin Cities area and you're looking at it, it's like North Dakota is the worst state in the in the uh, in the U.S. right now for COVID cases. It's like maybe it just makes sense to spend the last little bit home. Yeah, man, that's what's uh, going through my mind. Well, and then and then for probably a lot of people who don't know, if it is uh, North Dakota put in a mask mandate in late last night like 10 o'clock last night um so which to be honest was quite a shock to be honest um the mask mandate um re, uh, is for residents of the state wearing face mask cover face wearing face coverings in buildings indoor public places and outdoor public settings where social distancing cannot be maintained the order exempts from children under the age of five people attending religious services and those with disabilities that make mask wearing unreasonable. So don't you love it? You don't have to wear a mask to go to a church service. Yeah, so I was just wondering like about that. probably one of the worst areas to be, to not have it. I didn't uh, really look into... Uh, his name's Doug Burgum, right? The yep. governor? I didn't really look too much into it. But, you know, it makes sense. That's That's what the New York route was. You know, they shut down all religious services, basically. And North Dakota, more conservative-leaning state, you know, it kind of doesn't surprise me that he didn't restrict church gatherings, but it it definitely uh, be a good thought to restrict those because that will spread some. 
Yeah. Well, the uh, as of Monday, the, the entire state was now at a high risk level, whereas before we were in the low to moderate levels. So, mm. um, not looking good. No, and it, like a part of the article includes uh, all high school winter sports and extracurricular K through twelve activities have been suspended until uh, December fourteenth, and. So we'll see what happens. We'll we'll see what happens. It's definitely like looking like it's that it's not too good. Um, I'm guessing we're gonna see uh, a nationwide boom of coronavirus cases during this Thanksgiving season. Mm-hmm. With all the students heading home, I'm guessing some of them are gonna bring it with them. Might infect the infect the plane. Who knows? Uh, yeah, but. There's actually been lots of studies that have come out that saying planes are actually probably are the safest to, uh, locations right now, only because they might be. They have excellent filters. Yep, they have the excellent filters, and the air has to be is constantly refreshed as well as it, ha- it. In order before you even get to breathe in the airplane, it has to go. Th- it goes through not just those HEPA filters, but it has to be. Uh, it has to go through different pr- uh, processes so that way it's actually breathable air rather than. Uh, the five six hundred plus degree air that it starts out as in the engine, so the airplane is the safe is probably the safest. The problem is the it's the airport that isn't as safe as the airplane. Okay, makes sense. Yeah, so I would think that the school is going to make some sort of announcement here in the next few days about what's going to go on, especially now that there's this mask mandate. Uh, don't know. Uh, but it's like, but if we go on the UND website, uh, let me just pull it up here in a second. So if we were to revert from any level, there has to be a substantial rise in new COVID-19 cases relevant to the population, substantial numbers of cases tied to UND that cannot be tracked, the inability to conduct new investigation of cases of COVID-19, inability to rapidly isolate new isolated cases, uh, inability to protect uh, to provide testing for symptomatic and identify close contacts of new identified cases, insufficient supply PPE, and or all true hospitals no longer to treat all patients requiring the hospitalization requiring hospitalization without entering crisis mode. That last item sounds like we're pretty cl- they're pretty close to that. Yeah, definitely sounds like they're pretty close to crisis mode. So yeah. I guess we'll see with that. Yep, we will definitely see. It's it's going to be an interest. It's going to be a carefully watched ride. The part that I thought was odd, though, about this mask mandate is it's only for a month. Hmm. So December fourteenth expires. Maybe they'll just redo it. They might redo it. I I'm not sure, but if I think December fourteenth, that's the beginning of our finals week. Hmm. So that truly, what's going to be well, what what may be a key indicator is if during Christmas break they see a drop in the cases in cases and they're actually able to tie and say, okay, you and the school is indirectly responsible for some of these things. They're and I'd have, agree that it is. A lot of students are spreading it. You know, nice. I haven't checked this week, but is the highest age group still 20 through 29? Um, let's see. <laughs> I love I'm, it. I'm guessing it is. Um, the website's still broken. Oh, of course it is, you know. 
Well, I've been. I actually had to start loading back when we were still in our meeting, like forty minutes ago. Hmm. Um. Yeah. It's uh, twenty twenty. Why would we have you know efficient websites? That doesn't make sense. Considering last week it was still the, that our the same age group as it was the past few weeks, I would. I, I'm not gonna. I'd be surprised if it wasn't. Yeah, but if we're looking at like, for example, if we're looking at the UND dashboard. Um, currently, the positives per month. Last month, we had 384. Currently, we're at 202. Okay. So, at this rate, UND is going to be higher for November than it was October, and our highest month was actually August. So I guess the fun's still to come. <laughs> That's uh, kind of a bad way of putting it. I don't know. North Dakota's going to get worse, folks. Yeah. Um, yes, and every state's probably going to get it worse a bit. And coronavirus is not over. Nope. But a little bit of a better news was the, uh, the announcement that the Pfizer vaccine is looking like it's 90% effective currently. Granted, it's now, still in trials, but and it hasn't been approved. But that's some pretty prom- promising news. Uh, uh, this might just be a gutsy opinion, but I feel like the anti-vax trend is going to be pretty big with any coronavirus vaccine. How do you feel about that? Uh, I, I, I agree with you. I think. I think there's going to be people. There's going to be the the reason they're not the the they're going to be the anti-vaxxers is they don't think they think it's going to have going to have been rushed and they haven't have they haven't taken the usual amount of time to develop it. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people are going to not take that vaccine. So, at the end of the day, what's the point of the vaccine if people aren't going to take it? You know. So, but I don't know if you noticed something interesting. This news broke a week after the election. Yep. I think Trump said something about it, too. I think he said, uh, I don't know, some angry crybaby Trump stuff. But he's like, Pfizer didn't release this information during the before the election because they didn't want to make it seem like I was doing a good job or something along those lines. Yeah. Classic Trump stuff. But yeah. I don't yeah. know. Maybe. The part, though, about this Pfizer one that's going to be challenging is this is one of the vaccines that has to be stored at, uh, like, the minus 80 degrees Celsius. Mm. Yes. Wait. I honestly haven't looked too much into it, so that's news to me. Yeah. See, the part I've been thinking about is, okay, so we have this 90, uh, it, this negative 80 or, I think, yeah, I think, I believe it's negative 80. So it has to be stored at negative 80 degrees for it to last. So how then? How so? Are they gonna when you get your uh, shot? Is it gonna be at negative eighty degrees, or are they gonna have warmed it up, or is it gonna then be not active at that point? I have no idea. I'm guessing they're gonna have to carry it around in some liquid nitrogen carrying thing, thermos. Right. I don't know. Well, I, I, but yeah, that'd I, be weird. Are they gonna inject negative eighty degree liquid into you? I know UND does have a freezer that is capable. Of holding this vi- of this vaccine, so the part though, yeah. that's of the big logistic nightmare is this one's a uh, a two dose vaccine that has to be done twenty one days apart from each other. Oh, that's gonna be pretty hard to get people in for both. Yeah, I, yeah. If you want to, if you want to know a bit about 
like Operation Warp Speed and everything. Uh, last week, 60 Minutes, that would have been the one that came out on the uh, 8th, uh, actually had a an entire story of about Operation Warp Speed and what and how everything was working with it, as much as they could tell, of course. Uh, it's definitely worth a watch if you haven't uh, looked at it yet. I'll have to look into that. Some other news. Not really related to coronavirus, but that's fine. Uh, SpaceX Crew-1 was delayed. Now, uh, NASA and SpaceX have gone forward with their relationship, I believe. You know, they've... I don't know what type of certification SpaceX needed or something, but I think everything is good to go for these crewed flights. Yep, they had their demo flight earlier this year, and this is the first the, the first actual mission. Um, the reason for the delay, though, it's not it's not a technical issue currently. It was mainly due to weather, and I think if it, they had to do an abort, um, it wasn't safe with the uh, yet another uh, tropical storm that was making its way through uh, through the area. But this is. This will be the first true mission uh, that's actually going to carry uh, four people into space rather than two on the previous one. And I must say, Ben, I am very excited for this SpaceX push into NASA. Seeing people return to the moon in the Artemis program Mm -hmm. would be awesome. You know, look, not only will we see it because... It's 2020, you know. We have good filming, and, and we're whatnot. not accidentally get, get lose the tapes. Yeah, like it. We'll see everything. It will be like the 60s, but better. Um, so, do, so, do you think we're that because of what SpaceX is doing and this commercial commercial crew program that we're, the popularity of space travel is going to come back to like how it was when like Apollo 11 landed or when the first space shuttle launched? Yeah, I do. I think it might even be bigger. And there's a couple reasons. One, Elon Musk is a business god, for lack of a better term. You know, everything he makes just sells. I don't know if you saw the Tesla Kila he recently put out. Sold out in hours, you know, quick million dollars or however much he made. Wait, 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 wait. what? Yeah, he released the, the Tesla Kila. I don't remember, you know, if you remember him talking about that last year. It's uh, tequila made by Tesla. Oh, tequila. I thought you said Kila, and I'm like, what? The, the name of it is the Tesla Kila. Oh. Uh, so, yeah, it's, that sold out. It, wow. It, sound, it, it sounds a lot like the, uh, the boring companies uh, not a flamethrower. Yeah, man. Everything they do. They made a hat before that. Even the hat sold out. And the thing is, he doesn't spend any money on marketing. You know, that's just people liking Elon. So, I think that's a big push of why people like space because they like anything elon does Mm -hmm. and another reason why the popularity is going to boom is elon has successfully made space flight like somewhat affordable you know Mm -hmm. um a big old saturn 5 back in the day compared to what we have now you know just multitudes of savings you know it's crazy how much we're we're gonna save with elon and spacex so yeah, we'll even I think a lot more people will justify their their liking for space this way. 
One, if you also think about it, it's a lot cheaper and a lot more, well, and more frequent than what even the space shuttle was able to do when it was before they had to do their their safety checks after the the uh, the problems they had. Is SpaceX is able to basically launch a rocket here like kind of once a week. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a lot safer too than the shuttle. I hope. I, I well, I I it's I, it's definitely going to be a lot safer because they're not using any solid rocket motor. So if there is an issue, they can just shut shut the engine off. Whereas with a solid rocket, you have to wait for that. You have to wait for that to go up. That was why. Yep. With, with the shuttle missions, you had two minutes where you could not. You had to. You had to continue. Two minutes without an abort. Now you could abort technically at any time. And that, yeah, that would have saved a lot of people throughout history with the shuttle. You know, I, I don't know if you've watched the, I think it's the Challenger on Netflix. I think that's the name of it. I'm halfway through watching that that that, that series. It's it's very well done. Very well done, you know, and they, what I liked is they really pointed out that those lives could have been saved mm-hmm. if they took the necessary precautions. Well, and it, it, it feels like Elon's doing that, you know, aborting due to weather. That's exactly what Challenger should have done. Well, and I remember even with the Challenger, that Challenger incident, Morton Thiokol, who made those solid rocket motors, said not to fly. Yeah. Because they first didn't know what was going to happen with them. And even before Challenger, there was uh, they almost had lost another orbiter because of an O-ring issue. Yeah, yeah, they knew about that O-ring issue, and that's that was a big part of Challenger, I believe. But the one thing, though, we can't disagree is spaceflight is not a hundred percent safe. We know there's going oh, to no. be some, there's going to be problems and stuff, and it's not now with space. SpaceX has now launched their uh, uh, Falcon Nine a few times, so they've been able to work out a lot of the bugs, but still. There, there can be a problem if if one right if one comes up. So, I don't know if you've been keeping up with the development of Starship. Pretty cool stuff, man. Um, that that's another thing that I'm really looking forward to. Just yeah. seeing that big of a machine land itself is, you know, it's it's out straight out of science fiction. It's crazy, and yeah. I love it. <laughs> I, pretty much all of Elon's ideas are pretty much out of science fiction that he makes into reality. Yeah, and you know, I, I hope as much as like it's pointing towards like Elon's a once in a generation type dude. I really hope he's not. I really hope some people are generation. Okay, I guess you you say that though. Wouldn't you consider like uh, Bill Gates, Paul Allen? Yeah, I would actually. Uh, well, they different industries, you know. It's it's still well, it's still that technology era field. It is okay, and yet, but you all, remember you've also got to think. SpaceX was able to reuse a lot of NASA's early data of how to use a rocket, of how to of not how to use a rocket, how to build a rocket, because NASA had been doing that for fifty years at that point. And you look at SpaceX, and the oh, I think it's like they've been around for like 15 or so years, and at how much they've improved in 15 years. Mm-hmm. 
You know, uh, as much as I like never really research it and talk about it, Blue Origin from Jeff Bezos, mm-hmm. I I'd like to see them start doing better. I know they've had a couple launches. They're not really on the media radar. You know, no one really talks about Blue Origin, but. He's got the funds to make something happen. I really hope he continues with that. You know, Elon Musk does need the competition, and that will only make things better. Yes, but I I believe with Blue Origin, though, they really didn't start to get into spaceflight as early as SpaceX did, because I believe SpaceX started in 2008 was when they did their first flight of the original Falcon, I think, 1. And I'm looking at Blue Origin right now to see what their uh, first flight was, because I don't believe it was that long ago. 2015. Okay, so you, so Blue Origin's had five years for their stuff, whereas uh, uh, SpaceX has had close to 15 years. Yeah. So I... I, 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 I see I, I do see Blue Origin getting to that point. It's just they're just not there right now. Mm-hmm. I so agree. It's just going to be a, a, a time thing. And that's the thing is you can't really rush uh, space flight because it's all your it's like it's people's lives at stake. It's something that you have to uh, take the time and do the research. And I, and I think that I think that's why even that actually having it taking the uh, space industry private has been such a nice thing because they're able to iterate and make safety features. Whereas like with the space shuttle, when they were developing it, if it didn't work, they had to make it work and they couldn't just scrap that idea and fix it because the government said you had to use it. Mm-hmm. And they spent a lot of money on that. Well, no, you, we spent a lot of money on it. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> you got me there, good sir. Um, I don't know. I was doing some, you know, curiosity research the other day. Mm-hmm. And you might be interested in this. You know, the, the spacesuits we use up at the ISS and whenever we're launching astronauts and whatnot mm-hmm. are the same ones from like the 70s. We haven't made any new suits since then. What are your thoughts on that? Isn't that kind of crazy? It's not that crazy. Well, which ones? Because I know because SpaceX has their own, NASA has their own, um, Boeing has their it's, own. It's the Na- the NASA ones. Like when the all female crew was tr- planning on doing like the first all female spacewalk. You know what I'm talking about? That was like sometime last year. Oh, oh! Are you talking about the uh, the uh, like the spacesuits yeah. up on the space station that they use? Yeah, for... up in the ISS for spacewalks and all that. Those ones are the same ones from the seventies. Why would you change something if it already works? Yeah, I guess, okay. but I don't okay. know. I, I well, just expect after fifty years a little change. Well, uh, well, well, you gotta think about it. Anytime you go outside of the space station, you're in a pretty, you're in a dangerous zone, and it's, well, space spacesuits are basically little spaceships. You know, yes. they're fully contained living environments. But you and you've got to think if you've had something working for how, the, the, what, however long, do you really now want to go? 
change something with an untested design that you have no idea what's going to happen. Whereas you have a suit right now that you know completely works. It's been used for hundreds of hours and you have not had usually had a problem with it. A couple of them have problems. There's only like four that are in working condition out of the 30. That are up there? Yeah, there's only like four up there. What you also got to think is whatever it costs a lot of money to get an ounce into space. Oh, yeah. So, oh, actually, when SpaceX was doing one of their first flights to the ISS and they had and the, the rocket blew up, it had two of the spacesuits on it. So two of them were lost forever. Mm. It just, uh, they got to start working on it. They're down to a couple. Yeah, I, I see where you're coming from, though. Like, they, they are good working suits, but we're almost would, out of them. I would think that the ones that they built in the 70s are not up there, and they're just new models of that design. Oh, no, they've been, they're the same suits. They've added a couple things, you know. Right, 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 right. They're going to go, they're going to have to, they're going to have to bring them down for maintenance and replacements, but. Yeah. Fundamentally, they are still the same suits. Yep, and and it's like I said, if if it isn't broken, why fix it? Because anytime yep. you you do something, a big change of something, you have to go through and get it all tested. It's just, it's like it's like think about it. if you were to go put a brand new car on the road, think about all of the procedures you have to do for that. You have to do all the crash testing. You got to do the efficiency. You got to do all this stuff. It's going to be the same with a spacesuit. They're going to have different metri- performance metrics that they have to measure. So, are they going to really want to spend all of that money when the when NASA already has a finite budget to begin with? Maybe SpaceX will do it. You know, like you said, yeah, you like the car, you have to test it. They've already done that with Tesla. Maybe they'll uh, hop into the spacesuit industry. I could see it. They've already done like I the could. sample ones with Bob and Doug or whatever. It well, was Bob those, and Doug. Those are just the flight suits. Yeah, well, it's one step. It's better than nothing, you know. Okay. Personally, I don't see NASA giving a private company access to make the spacesuits. Yeah, maybe not. Because then you have to convince all of the governments that are working on this project that this company is good. Whereas if NASA makes it, all the companies know it's going to be good. Yeah, I guess we'll just have to see how that plays out. I, I'm guessing within the next decade, we'll see new suits come up, maybe. I would think so, because uh, the space station, I believe, if they don't do something to it, it's going to fall out of orbit here in like the next 10 or so years. So that they have to do some way of boosting it back up into orbit. Or... Uh, all the billions of dollars we spent getting it up there is going to burn up in the atmosphere. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be interesting to see. I don't know what they're going to do with it. I don't know either. It's it's definitely something that we'll, we'll be able to see in our lifetime of what happens. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty hopeful for the future, seeing everything up in space, man. Uh, it'll be awesome to see someone walking on the moon. Maybe we'll be alive, see someone walking on Mars. Yep, we will see. The problem, though, with Mars, though, is if you, I don't know if you've paid much attention with like the rovers and stuff. Trying to launch from the Earth to Mars is very 
you only ha- you've got a very short window every few years. Yeah, and that's why they're focusing on the moon really right. hard right now. You, you can launch they can use it as a slingshot. Yeah. yeah. Whereas with Mars, your next launch window is now in two years. Think Who knows? Maybe we'll hit it in two years. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what Starship's supposed to do, and it it's just in static fires right now. Yeah. Uh, no, they actually had one Starship test where they actually tested the the landing capabilities. You know. No, they well they've they've done this the miniature test. They haven't done a full. They haven't done. They haven't done a a, a full sized. Oh um, no. no. Hop test yet. I don't think they will for a bit either. Not for. A year or so. No. Well, they they did a static fire of three motors here a few days ago. So three out of twenty raptors. Three out of twenty two is a little bit promising. Yeah, those engines are nuts. They are nuts. I don't know if you you're talking about the stack fires. I'm guessing you watched them a little bit. Uh, um, I've seen I've seen but I've seen a little, a little bit about their the hops with the star hopper. I believe what it was called. And yeah, that. That Raptor engine that they've designed is pretty fancy. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think the Starship's planning on having nine of them. I uh, believe. I thought it was twenty-two. Maybe more than that. Yeah, sorry. Uh, let's. Let's. I can. We can look it up right now. All I know is. Yeah. It's gonna... One of those Raptor engines was enough to. To perform that landing test, you know. Mm-hmm. So if they had 22 of them... Uh, 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 the first stage, so that's super heavy, so that's the base, has 28 motors. The second part's going to have six motors. Jeez. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, I mean, that's what you have to do, though, to get to Mars. You need all that power, everything you can get. Well, have you seen the pictures of it compared to all the different rockets that are out there right now? Yeah, it's huge. It's going huge. to be bigger than what the Saturn V was. Because Saturn no. V was 110.6 meters, and Starship's going to be 120 meters. I don't know why, but I just got chills thinking about, you know, there may be still some people alive who saw the original moon landing, you know, as kids or whatever. And just imagine how they're going to feel seeing the next attempts, you know, the next big boy rocket and all this stuff. That's going to be a pretty emotional moment. Well, Paul, okay. Apollo 11 happened in 1969. Yeah. So, yeah, there's definitely people alive. So if, you, if you were born in the 60, 60s, then you're 50-something. So Born in the 60s, you're... Yeah. So, let, yeah. so if you you play out a little bit more, let's say... Let's say you they live till 80. That's... They got about 30 years until... The, the last people to see that landing and remember it could see the next landing. Because mm-hmm. I, I believe the Art, the net, the Artemis program is getting pretty close to uh, launch. Oh yeah. Uh, all right, Ben. So let's let's do an estimate. When do you think we'll see the first Artemis launch? It says November twenty twenty one. That's Artemis. Is that the first? It's, the, it's a planned, uncrewed test flight. Well, you know that this program's already been around for like eleven years. The Artemis program. In yeah, in stages of it, it has. It was supposed to 
it was originally going to be part of, uh, it was going to use the Ares rocket, which launched back in 2009. But then the government cut funding for that. So, they say... That'll be interesting to see. They're saying that Artemis 1 will be the first one... Will be, oh, as an uncrewed... Artemis 2 is going to be the first crewed mission to the moon. August 2023. Wait, that's a flyby. Are you serious? So it's Artemis 3 is when they're actually going to do a, a, a moon flight? Yeah, okay. So Artemis 3 is when they're saying it would be the first moon landing. Mm-hmm. So th- and that's estimated at 2024. Knowing with everything going on, I would I would think that that probably gets delayed by maybe a year or two. And it yeah. also really depends on what happens... Uh, with those first two test flights because yes they're reusing old parts from the space shuttle but still it's a totally different rocket that they're building and we got to think about a lot of different factors like politically you know coronavirus all this stuff yep i'll put my guess out there 2026 so we're about we think about the same time yeah Okay. Yeah. I mean, I I don't see it happen in 2024. In all honesty, I don't think it will. If it does, great. I'll I'll be happy to be wrong. Oh, I I'll I'll be glad if I'm wrong, but I I just the way that everything's going on with the world and testing and everything, it's like I I see it I see it getting pushed out by a year. Yeah. Unfortunately, we're not up in space, folks. So we got to deal with the coronavirus on the ground. We'll be back to you next week to give you more updates about the North Dakota numbers, UND numbers, whatever we have for you. Thank you for tuning in to the Dakota Student Podcast, and we'll catch you next week. Have a good one. Stay safe.